Welcome to the International Association of Business Communicators, Amina Region podcast. This is Monique Zidnik. As we go through the great resignation and global professional rethink, I became curious about what it is like to be at the top, what it is like to build and run your own communication consultancy. What does it take? Today, I'm joined by Jake Moss and Simon Wright, both founders and inspirational people from our Amina region. Our conversation has something for everyone in it, no matter where you are in your career or what motivates you. We talk about why people might start their own business, what it takes, and also what people look for in a communications professional when hiring. Jake is joining us from Austria. He is the founding director of City Living magazine Vienna Verstelstand and creative director of the Worst Agency. Verst means sausage in German, doesn't it, Jake? That's right, yeah. So it's the wordplay there for English and, and German. So the worst agency, sausage in German, and the worst agency in English, obviously, because we're an international agency. So. And that brought a real smile to my face. I, I think that's an excellent name. Yeah, we've been, we're, we're waiting for the moment that we win the award for the best content marketing agency <laughs> and it's announced on stage. <laughs> that's the only reason I named it like that. <laughs> for that moment. And I'd, I'd also like to introduce Simon, who is one of our IABC members, who brings to the table his experience as CEO for Gatehouse, making a successful exit two years after it was acquired by Gallagher in 2017. He's currently the executive chairman of Global Internal Communications Consultancy, Open Communications Group, business coach, and dare I say, soon to be restaurant owner in UK's Cotswold region. Welcome, Simon and Jake. Thank you very much and uh, lovely to meet you all. Thank you. Yeah, likewise. So, Jake, what's your story? Did you always aspire to run your own company? No, I did not. I fell into it <laughs> by a matter of uh, chance and I guess how it, just how it happened. So I um, am a journalist by trade. I worked in Australia for numerous uh, magazines and newspapers so amongst them was uh, Time Out and The Australian. And at some point I, I lost my passion for the, what I was doing there. So I decided to go freelance. To give you the, sh the short version of this story, I, I quit the job there and started traveling for a, a year and a half. I decided I would travel overland um, from Australia to, to Europe. And then I really didn't have much of a plan after that. So I did that through Southeast Asia and so forth, Central Asia. But when I arrived in Vienna, I realized they didn't have any English speaking magazine. And so I thought, why not give it a go? And if it works, I'll stay. Um, if it doesn't work, I'll keep traveling and keep doing what I was doing as a freelance journalist. The magazine is, is Time Out in nature. So Time Out London, Time Out Singapore, Time Out Sydney. If you're not familiar with that magazine, that's a lifestyle magazine of where to go eat and drink and so forth. So we opened a magazine here with a few other creatives that I found here in Vienna, Austria. We opened the magazine in 2017 and we called it Vienna Virtual Stand, which is a, a Vienna sausage stand, which is a special place in Vienna. I won't get into the details there, but that's kind of an institution here, kind of like the pie cart in, in Britain. So we, we started it off and it went really well from there. So the audience grew very quickly on social media and in terms of website traffic. And so we kicked on with it. Uh, and at some point we started to have companies ask us, hey, do you do this kind of stuff? So content for companies. And we were, of course, saying, nodding our heads and uh, pretending and winging it. <laughs> 
as you do. Always say yes. <laughs> when, when you're trying to make a business work, <laughs> making it up as you go along as a, as a journalist pretending to be a CEO. I, I, think, I think, Jake, that's something you're never going to stop doing. Yeah, exactly. It's all smoke and mirrors. Yeah, that's true. It's all fun and games, smoke and mirrors. And so, yeah, we, we started making content for a different, a diverse range of, of companies and we we're having a lot of fun doing it. So this became our core business, actually. We became a content marketing agency and, and dubbed ourselves the worst agency. <laughs> and ready for that award there, Jay. Exactly. And Simon, what sparked you? What was your journey and your story? Well, it's slightly differently to, to Jake. I kind of always wanted to run a business. It was kind of like a thing I, I just, ever since I was at school, I wanted to do it. But then I realized I actually wasn't very good at anything. You know, and, you know, what was anyone going to, anyone going to buy from me? Probably nothing at all. So, you know, you had to kind of go through the ground of actually learning something and learning a set of skills. When I you know, did the usual thing, went to work, got a job, all that sort of good stuff. Didn't do the traveling, wished I did, never did. I think I'm probably going to do at the other end of my career rather rather maybe at the beginning. You know, rather than the um, young traveling through all the cool areas, maybe a few nice hotels and a, and a couple of cruise ships. I think that'll probably do me now. When I was starting up, my, my first business was actually a dot-com called highstreet.com. And I had this grand vision of unifying different shops online because at the time of this sort of, you know, the emergence of the internet, Google wasn't even really a thing. It was only starting to come up. It was very difficult to actually find any online source. That was my first, my first business venture. Kind of all started getting to a great crescendo just literally at the time of the dot-com, the, the bubble burst at the start of the, the century. So that all came to a crashing end. After that, I kind of went through a career, kind of started learning internal comms, funny enough. I started working in various organisations. And I got to a stage where I got headhunted for probably, at the time, one of the peakest jobs you could have possibly have had in the industry, which was for a wonderful financial institution called Lehman Brothers. But at, at that point, I kind of thought to myself, do you know what, if I've managed to, to secure you know, the global head of comms, and I was about 30 or something there, or 32, something like that, quite a young age, and I thought to myself, okay, maybe I've actually, I, I now know something, I, I'm now able to to do something at that stage i i actually went off and started my first agency which was a was a branding company particularly focusing in the middle east then we developed a a number of different uh, branding programs particularly in dubai the uae before deciding actually the area i really was interested in was internal comms and then gatehouse was born and that was back in 2006 and during that period you kind of you kind of got I, got, I was just kind of obsessed with this idea of building something, which was my vision. I'm, I don't think I'm a very good employee. I certainly would be a dreadful employee now, I think. But, uh, you know, I, I, was, I was sort of driven with a, with a really clear purpose and goals, and, and I was extremely passionate. And the thing I used to always say was, I didn't actually have a job. I was just doing a hobby I was getting paid for. And that was, that's the thing. When, you, when you're doing something you actually enjoy, you're not actually working at all. You're just doing the thing you enjoy doing. And that was fabulous. You know, my kids used to say to me as, I was, as, as we were building the business of Gatehouse, when I put a suit on and go into London, uh, oh, you're going to work today, Daddy. And it used to be, I'm working every day, but because I was largely working from home, which is at that time not a thing you, people did. Um, it, was, it was a completely different thing. So... You know, you kind of go through this whole series of emotions, of experiences, of building something that is your vision, your, your, your baby, your purpose. And it becomes everything, you know, it becomes uh, your job, your, your life and your hobbies, which is fabulous. Because when you get to the, you know, you get to a stage where, you know, Gatehouse grew to quite a significant company we were working with. Most of the FTSE organizations in the UK, many around the world, you know, it's a very global company. By the time we exited, we built a fabulous team 
And I used to say to him, I don't even think I'd actually be able to get a job in my own company now. I don't think I'd actually pass the tests. But it's, uh, you know, you kind of build this company. I think maybe that's one of the reasons I'm obsessed by building companies because I don't think I'd actually get a job anywhere. So I have to build my own. <laughs> and Simon, what kind of person do you think you need to be to comfortably sit at the top? Or is that never a comfortable position to be in? I don't think it's, I don't think it's about the type of person. It's just about the confidence and the belief in yourself and what, what it is you're peddling. You know, we were talking about internal communication. So I genuinely believed, although actually, say I genuinely believe, I used to kind of laugh and kind of look at, look at who, who were the people talking to when they used to, I used to get introduced to Simon Wright. He's an, he's an expert in internal communications. And I was thinking, is there another Simon Wright in the room? And then you kind of suddenly finally realise uh, at some stage, you know, Jake was saying at the start, you, know, you say yes to everything. That's exactly what we did. That's exactly what, you know, every successful agency starts off doing because we don't know what people want and you're kind of learning it. And as you kind of get bigger and bigger, you know, you obviously you learn those skills and they become something you can do, but then something else will come along, which you don't know. And as you go through that process, you do become an expert. And it's really odd because I think all of us, certainly I feel it, I'm, I'm 50 this year and I still think, I talked to my 19 year old son uh, over the weekend. I said, I'm still 19, you know, just cause I've got 50. I still don't, you know, it's very grown up being an expert. You, know? <laughs> you kind of, you know, so when, you, when you get invited to sit at the table, what I have learned is we're all the same. The CEOs of major, major corps, they're exactly the same. We're all the same, I'm sure, but if yeah. we all spoke, honestly, we all feel, you know, we're just something where we just have to be very good at it. You know, it's, it's an area where we, we, we're very knowledgeable and people are buying our knowledge. So to sit at the table, it's just having that confidence and the belief and I think the ability to, to be credible and to offer advice and guidance, which is right. And I think that's an important thing. You know, it's easy to offer advice and guidance, but it's got to be the right advice and guidance. And it's got to be backed up with, with knowledge, experience and, and belief. And you know, going back to Jake's point, you know, have we done it before? No, but we, we, may not, we may not have made the cake, but we know the recipe. And I think that's the point. You know, we, we get to a, a stage and when you're sitting at that table, you may not necessarily bake the cake before, but you've got the ingredients and you know the recipe and you just believe you're a very good chef. And Jake, do you have the same thoughts? Do you think a CEO needs to have certain qualities to be successful? That's a good question. Um, you've got to be able to have this uh, feeling like Simon just described that you're you're never depleted, uh, as in you're always, you've got this young energy that constantly drives you forward when things go wrong. I think that's super important because things go wrong a lot as when you're CEO, as in you're a problem solver. So I think that is very important that you can kind of regenerate that energy level and that hunger and that curiosity to, to build and create. I think that's important that you can do that on a constant basis. And also to be extremely empathetic. I think that's super important, especially in our industry now, because we're all communicators, we're all creatives and creatives and communicators tend to be emotional, highly emotional beings. And so if you want to bring out the best in them, you have to be very, you have to be listening to them and, and being sensitive to their needs and how they're feeling within their role in the company. So I think that's, you've definitely got to be a people person as a CEO. Those things, I think there are certain qualities that you need, but curiosity is, is definitely the, the main one. I think that's important because that's what, as a CEO, I think you're always learning. 
you're always making it up as you go along. So that curiosity feeds that ability to do so because, you know, you're never losing that hunger to learn and keep making it up as you go along. And Jake, if you were to look back on yourself, say 10 years ago or someone aspiring to start their own business, what kind of advice would you give them? Oh, let me think about that one. Simon, do you want to, have you got some on the tip of your tongue? Because I, I, I'd like to think about that one a bit more. Well, it's, it's a couple of things I just wanted to just actually build on from your previous question, actually, Jake, was you were talking about, you know, the, the curiosity piece. You introduced me, uh, Monique, as having exited company and coming as the executive chairman of Open. To take on that decision of coming back into the industry, which I'd, you know, effectively retired from, I'd, I'd, done, I'd done my time. It was when I, when, when I was having the initial conversations with Open and I was being invited to be part of the, the team and I was kind of going through this natural kind of, oh, I've, I've, I've done that chapter of my life. You know, why do I want to reread it? But it was that point Jake's made. It's curiosity. When I started seeing some of the work Open was doing, it was like, you know, I'd been out of the industry now for two years. Uh, the pandemic had happened whilst I was out. Things had changed and I was suddenly got really curious. I got that real curiosity about some of the, the cool things that have been done and that kind of stuff sparking all of those things yeah. that make you want to get back on the saddle. And I was kind of like, and I was talking to my wife going, do I, do I really want to go back in, you know? And, you know, do I want to step back on, on, onto this? And I was kind of, I, I promised everybody, including myself, and especially myself, that I wasn't going to. But the curiosity, seeing what Open was doing, seeing the work they were doing, seeing the clients they were working with, Started, and I was thinking, this is the stuff which I wanted to do before, but I, either technology or the world wasn't there, or I, or I hadn't actually come up with the ideas or whatever. You see these, you know, the curiosity really sparks the sort of intrigue to kind of get into this and start mm-hmm. playing in this game. So I think that's a really key, key point is you've got to have that constant hunger for curiosity. If you're not a curious sort, then I think you'll really struggle being a leader of, of, your, of your own agency, at least. Yeah. Because you've got to be constantly finding something and being excited about what you find. And I think maybe that's, your, that's also answering the question a little bit on the, the tenure, the advice to, to somebody entering this. Be really honest with yourself. Are you the curious person? Are you the sort of person also who can wear every single hat yeah. of, of running a company? Yeah, I'm sure Jake's the same. I'm sure Jake is the IT director, the facilities manager, the HR director, the marketing manager, you know, as certainly I was uh, all the way through. You know, you have to wear so many different hats and you have to learn every skill and even things you don't even, you know, you don't enjoy doing. Yeah. You, You know, the number of people I speak to say, I don't like finance, I don't like maths. Well, tough. You've got to suck it up, baby, because it's a, that's a really key part of running an agency. You've got to learn, understand, and be able to have those conversations. You've got to be able to debate things with your accountant and then go in and debate things with the IT suppliers and then debate things with your marketeers, as well as being a subject matter expert, which is going to be advising and selling to, to clients. You know, My advice is make sure you're prepared to wear many hats, and to Jake's point, be as curious as you can. Yeah, and also love that reinvention process or that development yeah. process that you're constantly doing. You're constantly reinventing yourself and also the company because obviously our, our industry is moving very quickly. It's changing very quickly. So to be able to meet clients' needs and to stay relevant, you constantly need to be on, on the pulse and, and reinventing both yourself and the company. Also pushing and encouraging a bunch of other people to do the same that are, you know, working with you as colleagues. I've, I've worked out what my advice would be. So I'll quickly do it before I lose it again. 
So one, one thing I would definitely say, I come from a, a completely creative background, so no business um, background whatsoever. And one thing that I always uh, try to do in a creative process is come to a blank page. So it's pretty hard because we all have those ideas that are chiseled into our brains. But I would say that um, however you uh, step into opening your own business, do it as if it's a blank page. Obviously, look at how others have done it and um, learn from them. Have your mentors. Mentors are super important because you can skip a lot of the time that is invested in learning by having mentors. But at the same time, uh, there's an exciting thing happening in a lot of businesses now where people are doing it as they see the best way for them. So, um, and there's a lot of experimenting happening in how you run a business, how you run a team, which is really exciting. And I think agencies are a great place to do that because there's a lot of creative people, therefore a lot of creative input to, to go into that. So, and enter it as if it's yours and you can do what the hell you want with it. Because I think like Simon said, you've got to have, have this feeling like you can create what you want with it. It's your, your baby. That, that's the fun of it. And that's a great bit of advice, isn't it? Because that's, that's what differentiates your business. Yeah. It is it's yours. You know, if the rules, there are no rules. Yeah, exactly. You know, you make, you make the rules up. You know, it's our game and we'll play it by our rules. Yeah. And, you know, hopefully you'll find others who want to come and join you. Yeah, yeah. That's a great piece of advice. And Jake, riffing on that topic, I was really curious, could you give some examples maybe of some experimentation that mm-hmm. you've been playing with or looking at? Sure. So, for example, we have clients that we do social media work for on a monthly basis or so long term uh, clients. And uh, we, we realized, or I realized at the beginning, coming from journalism, and I was working in an online journalist position. I was before that an investigative journalist for print newspaper, but then I moved into online journalism. And I didn't like online news very much when I got into it because it's half-baked, most articles that go out there. But one thing I did like about it is that you could really garner or get a lot of data and a lot of feedback with how your articles are performing amongst your audience. So this was a really exciting uh, thing for me when I transitioned onto the desk. And that is something I um, have experimented with in the agency. We run our uh, um, agency a lot like a news desk. One example of that is that we have a, a room that we call a data room. And so where each person, depending on what they're responsible for, so if they're a videographer, they would be looking specifically at videos. If they're a social media manager, they'd be looking at their different accounts and seeing how they're performing, but they'd be experimenting and then looking at the data in depth in that room where they physically sit down with the the data. So obviously on laptop screens, but also writing down notes physically, this is an important part as well physically on on, uh, bits of paper and and, uh, stuff like that. So that's one example of how we do it. We've also taken a lot of learnings from startup companies where we have these scrum meetings on a daily, daily, uh, so two times a week. But once again, in most startup companies, we'll have a scrum meeting nearly every day, but we have one twice a week because this is what worked for us. So once again, this is coming back to to kind of uh, experimenting and finding what works best for the the team and your company. I could give you several other examples, but there are just a couple. Thanks, Jake. And I'd like to shift into the people side of things. You both mentioned the need to inspire and be empathetic and drive and inspire your people. What do you look for when you're hiring 
Simon, do you want to kick that off? Hiring is, 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 is a really interesting one because, you know, there, there's a period in, in the sort of life cycle of an agency where you suddenly go from being, you know, one or two people, one or two man band to actually starting to grow into a, a sort of, you know, more, more kind of proper, if you like, business. Start hiring different people. The, the type of people who I used to look for were people who just kind of, I suppose, just went that little extra mile. It wasn't necessarily somebody who was an expert in a particular field because we, you know, we didn't necessarily want people who had very, very strong ideas established already. We wanted people who had, you know, who, who again had the ingredients, but not necessarily a defined recipe using my terrible cooking metaphor. We wanted people to kind of shape them in, in the way which we want people to operate rather than their pre-established ways. So it's about having the, the kind of right ingredients at the start. So it's, you know, we would look for people who would, when they would contact me, rather than being in this blanket approach, we would wait for people to approach us who, who knew our business, who wanted to, who had heard about us and had done some research and were trying to learn a bit more about what we wanted, what we, we were doing and offering how they could help us. So they were coming to us with proactive suggestions. So we, I always look for people with proactivity who are not, who are not cut from a traditional mold, you know, I think everybody has, you know, there's round pegs and round holes for everybody. But, but it's, it's, it's a trick, really, to avoid finding, I suppose, the square pegs when you've got round holes. <laughs> I would say it's finding people who share your values and who have the core competences. Core competences and values is not about necessarily the expertise because you can, you can teach that and you can, you can learn that. But if somebody comes in with the right set of values, which align with what you believe in as a leader and what your company is, is trying to do then actually you've got a chance of making some wonderful magic happen i would agree with you wholeheartedly that the values are certainly important and also the hunger that's the only thing i would add to it and i think that's what drives initiative that they they have a hunger for what they for the job that they're applying for show initiative and the values like like Simon said, are are super important because this means that you it's highly likely that they will gel with the rest of the team that you you've uh, hired. The rest can be onboarded. The rest can be taught. It's a chemistry, isn't it? Yeah, it's it's a chemistry. Yeah, I mean the chemistry has got to be right yeah. for the for the organisation in the hiring process. That's the, yeah, in the hiring yeah. process, one thing I've realised is important because this was something we learnt on the fly as well, is to take the people outside of the professional setting and try and understand them as a person. And I think that's where we're yeah. trying to understand the values of the people. So would you take them for a coffee, Jake? Yeah. Or how would you disrupt the, the traditional recruitment process? Yeah, for a coffee. There would be several interview stages, but those that make it into the final round, we would take them out for a coffee and we would ask questions that are more not looking at their professional expertise. Even actually I, from the beginning of the interview processes, am always looking to to ask them questions like a journalist should do <laughs> that will kind of get them or get you to know the real them. So I'm always trying to do that in the interview process. But in that final stage where you take them for a coffee and stuff, um, just bringing them out of that professional setting to make them feel more comfortable and to, to bring out, to make sure that those values are genuine because obviously there's a lot of, bullshit in the first interview that comes through and the hard part is filtering that out or shaking that out of them in the final process our listeners can't see simon smiling but i can see he's agreeing the only perfect person is is uh, somebody written on their cv <laughs> yeah <laughs> but our cvs would be rubbish no doubt yeah. <laughs> at this stage yeah. and, and a tip for anybody applying for any jobs 
don't have a, a multi-page CV. If, any, yeah. if Jake's anything like me, I can basically read. Oh well, I, I can basically read about three or four sentences before I get bored. Yeah. So you know, keep it short and pithy. Just be cool. Yeah. Focus on the. <laughs> yeah, and, and one thing that's really caught my attention in the past is where people use your branding to. They integrate it into their CV, the design of their CV, or they might make a video or something for TikTok, which is... You that's know. the point, is it's personalized, it's going yeah. that extra mile. Exactly, yeah. You know, and that's the thing, that means they really want to work, they understand the organization yeah. they're joining. And, you know, as opposed to dear sir, yeah. dear sir or madam, uh, I was wondering if you have any availability for a, a role in blah, 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 you know, and you... It's just to find every place with a company name to somebody else and it just goes out to exactly. a thousand, you know, and hopefully somebody bites. Exactly, exactly. In our industry, you're always looking for people that can break you out of the mold because, I mean, for content marketing, you've really got to be original as the saying goes now. Like, it's risky to be safe now. You're really looking for people that will have that fresh approach to things. So if you show that in your application, in the first step, then you're, most, you're going to have more chances of t- to be hired than a senior or somebody that knows the job better at this this point in the industry's history. And Simon and Jake, I know that you're going to be inundated by applications now and Great. hopefully people will at least reach out to you on LinkedIn and say hi and give their thoughts on the topic as well. They'll be very welcome, Anik. They'll be very welcome. Yeah. Just before we wrap up, I'd love to hear maybe a couple of words on your plans for 2022 and any final thoughts and tips. Would you like to kick it off, Simon? Plans 2022 is I'm opening, as you said in my intro, a restaurant in the Cotswold. So please swing by. It's in Morton Marsh called Number One Cotswold. It's a bit of a plug. This whole thing is about, this whole interview is all about, you know, aspiring to running a company or leading a company. Only this morning at eight o'clock did I set up another company. So it's... Uh, <laughs> just before this interview, I was busy finalising, you know, yet another company. So... It's uh, maybe I'm collecting them like sweets, I don't know. But the um, <laughs> for me, it's about I kind of made a promise to myself actually quite young that I'd only do anything that I wanted to do, I wouldn't, I would never do anything I didn't want to do. Uh, and I think that's you know, it, it's kind of a, it's partly selfish, but actually, I don't think it is selfish because it means anything I am doing, people could be, be absolutely clear that it's something I'm actually committed to, to doing. I'm never going to be a a starter and, and not a finisher. When, when I when I commit to do something, I'm going to be all in. Only doing the things you want to do. That that kind of drives me when I'm when I'm open. I'm kind of getting involved in businesses. Whether it's chairman of open, whether it's consulting on the side, whether it's running a restaurant, whether it's as my new business a, a gallery of fine collectibles. All these things are things I've always wanted to do. So that's what I'm doing for 2022. And fingers crossed, it's all going to work out. <laughs> Otherwise, I'll be coming to Jake for a job. <laughs> Mate, you're more than welcome. <laughs> the one, one thing I would pluck out of there, one more learning that I think, and it's a, it's a bit of a secret that I'll let people in on. If you're, whatever business that you're opening, the reason why Simon is successful in what he does is because he knows uh, how to se- tell a story about it. Like he's understood, he understands marketing. And one thing I've learned over the last few years is that if you can tell a story about your company in terms of the branding, in terms of the social media game, in terms of the PR uh, strategy that you have, if you are able to shape a story that stands out from others, then you can sell anything. Like you're going to run all kinds of successful businesses if you learn the game of marketing. Because once again, it is all fun and games like literally i spent yesterday created like storyboarding a video that involved an animated zombie doing a break dance (laughs) 
So if that's not fun in games... <laughs> we won't ask what he was uh, promoting. Yeah, but, uh, energy drinks. Uh, <laughs> of course, an energy drink. Yeah. And Jake, your thoughts on 2022? So 2022, another thing where we're experimenting, we've actually allocated a research and development fund this year. A certain amount of our revenue will be going towards looking in the the new frontier of content. So obviously we're looking at Web3, the metaverse, NFT spaces, of where we can find a niche there. So we're going to have a lot of fun coming up with random niche ideas for the businesses and uh, put them to analysis and and see what makes sense to implement in, in 2022 and 2023. So this is an exciting year for us and also for uh, the content world and agencies in general. Absolutely. So Jake and Simon, I'd just like to thank you so much for joining us today. I really enjoyed our conversation. Lots of insights, lots of learning nuggets, lots of tips for people in all stages of their career. And I encourage our listeners to reach out to Simon and Jake. If you have any thoughts or comments or myself, if you've got any suggestions. Thank you, Jake. Thank you, Simon. Thank you, Monique. It's been a pleasure. Lovely to be part of this and uh, wishing everybody a very happy new year. Exactly. Thank you.